0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome back to NDE Radio, brought to you on behalf of IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. This show represents part two of our conversation with Pastor John Burke author of the New York Times bestseller, Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You. John and his wife Kathy founded Gateway Church in Austin, Texas, and since 1998, Gateway has grown to some 5,000 people, made up mostly of unchurched people who began actively following Christ at Gateway. If you missed last week's show, I recommend you go to the NDE Radio website at Zone. And listen to part one of this fascinating interview john welcome back to nde radio john last week we left off with your point that there's a continuity between the old testament and the new testament
1: well i think god of the old testament god of the new testament same god right. and here's the thing that i think confuses people is that the old testament prophets most of the books of the old testament prophets were being written in a period of time when the nation of Israel had turned far from God. They were sacrificing their children uh, to these gods that weren't gods, and 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 it was horrible to God. And so, what He's actually doing is, for about four hundred years, He's mercifully continuing to warn them. Mm. And that's what you don't see. So you don't you don't see the timeline and the heart of God. It's like. It's like if my child keeps going to jail for a meth addiction and, you know, and getting in this trouble and that trouble and that, and and I, I don't cut them off. I keep pleading with them. Come on, you're going to, this is going to happen to you again. If you don't turn, turn from it, you know, and that's the heart of God that you don't always understand. Um, Because you're just reading book after book. It's kind of like, man, why is he so mad? He's so mad at us. No, it's, it's the heart, you know, the best thing to do, you you go and you read Jeremiah three and, and he's saying, you know, I I gave you all these good gifts and I so wanted you to call me father and, and you'd be my, my sons and my daughters. And, and then he switches metaphors and, and he says, you know, but, but like an adulterous wife, you, you committed adultery on me and you, you know, and he's talking about with with gods that weren't gods that, you know, then had him sacrifice their children and how it broke his heart. So what you see God doing is he's showing that, you know, he's not stone cold. He's a person. We were created in God's image. We're not more personal than God. You know, male and female together are the image of God, which means that all we see about our creativity and our ability to love and our ability to choose our, our, our free will, our, you know, um, I mean, all these great gifts are a reflection of God, but that also means, you know, the things that we feel, if God created us for love with him, which is what the old Testament, new Testament both tell us, then God actually created something that subjected himself to the same pain and suffering we go through when we get rejected. And it's an amazing thing.
0: You mentioned in the book, Eben Alexander's notions of ohm and orb, mm-hmm. that uh, Jesus was the interpreter for God. That God is, I, I took it to mean sort of God is a vibration of love and Jesus is interpreting that. Uh, but, and you said that you differed with, uh, with Eben in, in some ways on that, but, uh, that I guess you got something out of that as well, um, and then I think you quoted First Timothy uh, about there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus. Yeah, the I, mediator and interpreter are pretty close to the same thing,
1: right? Exactly. You know, I mean, if you think about it, we can't fathom God. We, I mean, in, in my in my engineering mind, you know, it's part of my just philosophical trying to think it through, like. If God doesn't reveal himself, herself, whatever to us, we can't know anything because we're stuck in this three dimensional, you know, world of space and one dimension of time. And so uh, that's where um, Edwin, oh, what's his name? The Flatland, Flatland guy comes in. Right. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I can't think of it either, but I, I know who you mean. Yeah, I can see it. Anyway, it's a beautiful <laughs> analogy. That, you know, if you created a flat two-dimensional world, you know, of people like on your table who move forward and back and side to side, you could be as close to them as imaginable, but they can't even fathom you because you're in a dimension above them, you know, and, and you would have to then enter their world as a slice. So imagine, imagine putting your finger into, their, into the, the plane of that table. That's the only conception they could have of you. Um, They
0: wouldn't see the the uprightness of your finger. They'd only see the circle where you touch the paper.
1: Yeah, and the infinite creator God, who is light and love and energy and creativity and, I mean, more than I can fathom. Yeah, we we can't fathom. And yet, what he's claiming, um, and this is Isaiah 53 as well, that the Messiah was the arm of the Lord. That's one of the terms used for the Messiah to come, the arm of the Lord, like reaching into our world. So imagine, you know, we see this, this, this hand of God bisecting our two dimensional plane as a slice named Jesus. And, you know, people will sometimes say things that quite honestly, I think are limited like, well if Jesus was God, then when Jesus is dying on the cross, who was ruling the universe? well that's a very three-dimensional view of what we're talking about it's very it's very limited and, and it's like saying as a two-dimensional flat person, let's say you 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 see a slice of that finger and 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 say, well you know i I, I can't see more of you so how can there be more of you? Well, because I am bigger than your two-dimensional world. And in <laughs> fact, it even describes things that are paradoxes to us. So imagine imagine if I, as creator, stick three of my fingers into this two-dimensional world, and now I would say to you, you know, here, here are three representations of me, but I'm actually only one being. Well, what? No, because... In, in my two-dimensional world, three slices can never be one because you, you can't stack them up. There is no up. There's only mm. left and right and front and back. You see, yep. you see my point? The world of flatness, that's right. Well, so even things like the Trinity of God, you know, that, that, that's very confusing to us, could resolve on higher dimensional planes. And, and, and what God is telling us is those planes are relational. God is love, and so love requires relationship, and so God contains relationship. I don't understand that. but
0: You know, um, Origen, who was a 2nd century, 3rd century early church father, who uh, was declared a heretic, although he is portrayed as teaching all the saints, had the theory that we were all of the same essence, that Jesus to Satan were only a... That was only a measure of how far we had fallen. In other words, the angels fell a little from Jesus and we fell a little from the angels and demons fell more from us and Satan was at the bottom of the line, but that we were all essentially the same, for want of a better word, material or essence.
1: Well, I guess to some degree we, we have to be because we're, we're created and we came from the creator. And we're
0: created out of love. Yeah, you know, as physics may call it string theory, but I call it love.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I see. And it's so interesting how, you know, even things like string theory, which most most who study string theory would admit we don't know yet. But
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if you know, if at the at the essence, the farther down we go, we're talking about vibrations of light, energy mm-hmm. that makes total sense of, of everything else we're we're learning.
0: Yeah, Michio Kaku has just come out with a book called uh, "The God Equation," which I think he is um, purporting that it's that he's practically solved the the answer to everything, you know, in physics. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. Um. On the, the basis of string field, theory, unified yeah, field theory, unified what Einstein was questing
1: for. Yeah, I'm going to read that. I've read David Green's book on the Elegant Universe, and yes, that yes. kind of stuff's fascinating to me. And it, I think it's that's what, amazing. amazing yeah and that's part of it is you know the 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 more the more we learn, I think keeping an open mind, you start to see it all it it all starts to come together
0: it will uh, converge science yeah. and i mean we're all in pursuit of the truth, so if religion is in pursuit of the truth and science is in pursuit of the truth from different points of view, eventually we've got to come to the same point, yeah, because truth is is the truth is the truth,
1: yeah exactly,
0: so, yeah you say God is personal and relational and we were, we've just been talking about that and you quoted first Chronicles, the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought, which brings us to um, forgiveness and judgment. We ought to talk a little about that because God seems to be so willing to forgive. And yet we have first the Bema judgment and then the white throne judgment described in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we reconcile uh, God's, forgiving, loving nature with the, uh, the judgment that, that, uh, the scriptures talk about.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I'll tie it in with the life review since that's, you know, like what, what's that? Um, yes. Since your listeners I, are probably. Cause familiar. I, I've
0: often thought maybe that was the beam of judgment, that that was Jesus, uh, gentle judgment of us by putting our, putting us in the other person's shoes when we've uh, offended or hurt somebody
1: you know i mean i'm not i'm not all knowing so i don't know but i don't think it is and here's why because in the bible both those judgments which are which are two different things the the great white throne judgment is is simply a judgment of of the heart it's did you want god to be god or not and again god has made heaven available and relationship with God available to anybody who wants it. But that also puts God in a dilemma. If it's truly about love and will our wills are truly free, then how would God make somebody make him as God and, and, and want to be in heaven if they didn't, it would make heaven a prison. And, and so there, so that's the great white throne judgment, the Bema seat, is actually not a judgment at all. It's a judgment, like in at the end of the Olympics, you go up on the judges' stand and you get mm-hmm. rewarded. You get a gold medal, you get a silver medal, you get a bronze medal. That's actually what the beam, that's what Bema referred to. Um, and so it's not a judgment like we think about a judgment. It's like a big red carpet celebration of the attaboy's of life. Like you know th- that all the stuff you went through. That nobody else saw, and when you clung to God and clung to faith, and you served others, and nobody else saw it, and you you gave to others who were in need, and nobody else saw it, God saw it all. And I believe that the the life review is um, is is just a pre, it's just a preview. You know, not not everybody that has an NDE gets one. Sometimes Jesus asks them, "Do you want to see your life?" And you know, they're like sure. (laughs) And And then they, and then they see it. And, and as we know, what's interesting is that they consistently say, God was not judging me or Jesus was there, you know, Howard storm, Jesus is there with the angels. He's not judging me. He's loving me. I'm judging myself. I'm my own worst critic. I, and, and, and what, you know, back to our first, episode when you asked me about, you know, Christians kind of rejecting NDEs, I think that was part of it is, is, you know, not understanding how, what that meant, but it's perfectly biblical. Jesus himself in the New Testament says, by your own words, will you be acquitted? By your own words, will you be judged? In other words, Mm -hmm. and he said, I didn't come to judge anybody. I came to save everybody. So what we see even in the life review is, is exactly what, what Jesus taught. In that life review, we just can't hide anymore. You know, we hide and we, we blame, we, we don't take responsibility. You, you can't when, when it's just in the light and, and the truth. However, God has done what he's done, so we don't, live, we don't have to live under that or the fear of judgment at all. He, he says there is no condemnation. For, the, for anyone who is in Christ, you know, meaning they've, they've accepted that forgiveness that God freely offers. He doesn't want you to live with shame and guilt and condemnation. This is one of the biggest misses, I think. So many Christians portray the opposite, quite honestly, and it really drives me crazy because <laughs> it's not biblical and it's not the heart of God. It's not what we see in NDEs, um, that God actually wants to set us free from all shame, guilt, condemnation, weight worry. I mean, that's another one. Jesus doesn't want us to live worried and stressed out in this life mm. and all those things he wants to take off of. Okay. Well, I think you're getting a preview of all that, you know, in, in the life review, you're, you're realizing, I mean, very clearly God's showing what matters most is the way you treated others. And that there was a ripple effect to that for good or for bad. And people experience that and they, and they see it. And they see how it it affects God, like he suffers when we suffer or cause others to suffer. He rejoices when, you know, when when we share his love with others, you know, when we do good for others. That's like, and it matters because he starts to show us, like, like Dr. Mary Neal, a good friend of mine, talks about how Jesus showed her the ripple effect 10, 20, 30 times removed of how every little good action rippled through humanity in ways that you can't even imagine yes. so I believe that Bema seat which which both those judgments are said to not happen until the end of time the end of human history so that's why I don't think the life review is that it's just a it's just maybe a preview but the Bema seat is is God I think looking with us at the good of our life and it's celebrated and it's rewarded and I don't, I don't exactly understand that, except you know, Jesus makes it very clear, like, hey, live for the rewards that last. All these, they all go away. There is a life that lasts, and there are real things that really last.
0: And now Jesus talks about the judgment separating the sheep from the goats, The the people that did not love the least among you and didn't feed them and clothe them. Uh, are rejected, whereas the ones that were charitable and loving were not rejected. They were taken, taken in, uh, which sounds to me like a, another description for the White Throne judgment that, I that think comes so. later on. So if that's the case and you're not not written in the Book of Life, I imagine this the Book of Life is constantly changing because if at the last minute, like Howard Storm, you ask for Jesus to forgive you, then it must rewrite the whole text as far as your life goes, because if you get that forgiveness, then do you escape the judgment of the bad judgment at the white throne?
1: Well, I think, and this is interesting. This is, this is something that gave me biblical insight from near death experiences and not a, not a lot, but a few who did talk about that book of life. So captain Dale black, who was a commercial airline pilot, um, he died in an airline crash that was in the LA times. I've seen the pictures of the wreckage. No one survived, mm-hmm. but he came back and he talks about there at the, at the, the gates, you know, the wall of the city and a large angel welcoming him and just this incredible welcoming, you know, the, um, like we know the reunion and, and just a celebration. and, the angel kind of stopped him and said, "You can't go in there yet, unless your name is in this book." And Dale goes and looks at this book. And says, it's big. And by the way, he's not the only one. I'm I'm amazed. I mean, you go out on the NDRF site and and just Google that, search that, you'll see the Book of Life all over the place. Yes. Um. But he, but this is what was fascinating. He opens the book. Well, the angel the the book just opens, and he and it's big and he can't see any other names. They're kind of blurred out except his own. And there are Mm -hmm. two dates by it. And he doesn't actually recognize either of the dates. And long story short comes to find out that the first date was not his birth date. It was his date of conception. And the second date the angel showed him was, was the day that he yielded his heart to God. And so I think, this is my theory, God has everybody's name in the book of life. And what he doesn't want to do is blot that name out of the book of life. And so, you know, what what could possibly do that? Well, again, it's not not our deeds. I mean, look at the thief on the cross that first Easter. You know, there are two thieves hanging between Jesus, and they were... They were probably insurrectionists. they probably murdered. I mean, that, you know, very likely. And one, you know, says to Jesus, prove yourself. You know, if you're really the son of God, get us all down off the cross. Prove it. Right. Jesus doesn't even respond. The second guy just goes, what are you saying, man? We deserve this. He, he doesn't deserve this. And then he looks at me, just says, Jesus, when you come in your kingdom, will you remember, remember me? me? That's it no, no, you know, no formula. No, it's just a heart that wants it. That's all God needs. And, um, you know, he'd done a lot of wrong, but again, that's not God's desire is to take anybody. And I mean, he paid a high price to take anybody and you're right. Like Howard storm. And, you know, I've got three pastor friends who had hellish near death experiences and,
0: uh, and oh, yes, i uh, in the time we have left, we might address distressing NDEs, as Nancy Evans Bush calls them.
1: Yeah, and all of them cried out to God in it, and He showed up and rescued them. And and as a result, they all they all became pastors. I mean, it's kind of it's yeah. kind of funny,
0: but yeah, they got a second chance. But what do you think about the scary NDEs that when people have them, they rarely talk about them because they're so terrified?
1: I think this life. Is an experience for a short 70 years that God gives us in the knowledge of both good and evil. So I'm going to get really philosophical on you for a second, but this is my theory. So God created, He didn't just create humans, He created angels first. They're eternal creatures. You know, I mean, if you think about it, there are millions and millions of species that God's created on planet Earth. We haven't even we, we discover about a million new species a year, <laughs> we're talking about a very creative being, right? And he created angels. They're another species, but they're eternal, meaning they're not limited in time and space like we are. And so somehow angels were also created with a free will, I think, to love God. When angels chose to reject God, that choice, there was no place where God wasn't God, so God made a place where angels could have what they wanted, these fallen angels. But there's a place he created called hell where he chooses not to intervene in the free will of the creature, not wanting God's will or ways. Here's the thing, there are a bunch of innocent angels as well. In fact, the majority still. God creates humanity and puts us in the knowledge of both good and evil, And think about what NDEs tell us, not with the full 50 senses or 100 senses, but with only five, so that the good is not as blissful and wonderful, and we have tastes of God's love and joy and goodness and good gifts and creativity, but we don't experience all of it because God also stays hidden, but we also experience tastes of the human free will not choosing God's will and ways and doing all kinds of abusive, hurtful, hateful, racist, terrible things to each other. Mm. And he limits it in his mercy as a way to teach us why love and follow God, why our will and ways apart from God is not what we want. And here's the other fascinating thing. As NDEers tell us, they have angels that are watching and recording their lives. Why are the angels watching and recording their lives? Because in some ways, they are still innocent and are learning from us without having to go through separation from God. They're learning from us. So that God is not only teaching us through our history of humanity, he's teaching the innocent angels why choosing love and choosing his will and ways really does get us what we want. Mm.
0: And those angels, some of them are, are guardian angels, and they're trying to keep us on the straight and narrow <laughs> yeah. without, without co-opting our free
1: will. Exactly. They're serving us. I believe they're serving us, serving God's will, while also recording our lives. You know, quite a few indie ears um, talked about how, uh, how the angels were there with God, showing them what they'd been recording all along.
0: But you know howard storm, when he was uh felt he was being dragged off to hell by what sounded like demons, he said no, they weren't demons, they were fallen human beings, yeah,
1: he said they were kindred spirits yeah they were
0: they were something that he uh identified i think as as um as originally human beings and uh and obviously they had become like demons
1: yeah well what he what he said is you know I had, I had lived my life this way, you know, completely for self. He had done things to his wife and his children and his students and blah, 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 blah. And, and what he realized is he, he in time would become just like them when there's no love or light or you know, no trace of God or God's goodness. It's just human will. It's, it's, and this is the way he described it. It's conquer or be conquered. you know, victimize or be the victim. Mm. It's, it's kind of like the worst prison scene imaginable. Hmm. Wow. A- and again, you know, what, what I've heard from countless in the George Ritchie, you know, Jesus shows him that. And, and, and Richie said, Dr. George Ritchie, you know, he was actually yes. the one that Moody got this all from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and he said it broke Jesus' heart. He realized that even as Jesus was showing me this, it broke his heart because these people could not, he was like, why can't you see this love and light and life right here? And, and they were oblivious to it. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think that's a reality as well.
0: Are you saying that hell doesn't have to be eternal? That if they, if someone there sees the light, basically, that they could be redeemed?
1: Well, I don't know, and but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, here's why I say that. Jesus seemed to talk about it in a stern warning, and a stern warning, as in. You know, what is it, his words, you know, what is it, what good does it do you to gain the whole world, but forfeit your soul? Mm-hmm. You know, so what does that mean? Forfeit your soul. And, you know, now, I mean, there are all kinds of theories of, is, is, is eternal annihilation? Is it? I don't know. I have, I don't know. All I know is God has done everything possible to remove everything every barrier between every human and I, and I'm, I mean, every human, um, no matter where they grew up, no matter what their background, he looks at the heart and the only thing that could stand in the way of someone being with God forever is our own pride. It's just our own free will saying, no, just like the fallen angels, my will be done. I, I, I I don't want you and not, not humbly recognizing, man, I need God's help. I'm a screw up, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, even as a good person, if I'm honest, you know, like, man, I've, I've hurt my wife. I've done things that have hurt my kids. I've, you know, I, and, and even trying real hard. Yeah. Well, what do you do with that? Well, I mean, again, if, if it's try harder, then we are on this constant cycle of shame and condemnation. We try harder, we fail, we feel more guilty. We try harder again. We fail. We feel even worse. You know, it's just like, and most people, and I remember the, the day as a teenager, probably younger, probably 12. I realized that and said, well, crap, if I'm going to hell, then to hell with it. I'm going to enjoy getting there. Mm. I said that. And I think just about everybody does because you know, that just endless cycle of trying harder and failing. And I mean, it's, it's condemnation. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's the, you know, that's the thing to hold on to is that's not God, you know, he's done everything to remove that from us so that we can live in freedom and in love and relationship and share it. Right.
0: But that 12 year old expression, which we probably all made (laughs) one age or another is a first step toward agnosticism because you can't really stay in faith and under circumstances like that.
1: Well and that's what I did. I yeah. was like, you know, I mean I just decided if that's really true, then I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and I'm gonna, you know, and and then, you know, I just ran from God and just started deciding maybe there isn't even a God. And nobody yeah. knows and nobody can tell me and And then I read Moody's stinking book, (laughs) and I said, oh my gosh, this is like scientific evidence this stuff may be true.
0: The power of the stories of these NDEs, truly phenomenal. John, we are for a second time out of time. Please tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your books and your online services and your church services at Gateway Church, for example.
1: Yeah, so gatewaychurch.com, we're online, and, and we're church for people who don't typically like church, and imagineheaven.net uh, is a website where you can find out more about Imagine Heaven and, and all that. All right.
0: Well, Pastor John Burke, thank you so much for sharing your story of your research into NDEs and, and how the book came to be and, and your thoughts on heaven and, and the other place, and um, uh, it's been wonderful.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, Lee. You're very welcome.
0: If listeners would like to listen to this show again or any of our nearly 400 past shows, just go to NDE Radio and hit the Past Shows button. For more about INS, go to their website at IANDS.org. And listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.